Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so your participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your Front Range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. All right, what's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR College Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. I'm Justin Michael. I cover the CSU Rams. I'm joined by my man, Hank. He's going by Hank this week because of the big golf event. I'm not going to call you Henry Chisholm, which is, <laughs> sounds more like respectable, I guess. Yeah, he covers the buffs. This is a terrible intro so far. That's okay. It's 4th of <laughs> July weekend. Henry, you got any exciting plans? Uh, heading in the DNVR bar tonight. Honestly, like with that golf thing, I didn't even think past July 1st. Like for the last three weeks, it's been like, okay, golf every second you can so you don't embarrass yourself against Vic Lombardi and Mark Mosier. And also so you don't have to donate money. Not because I don't want to donate money, but just because I'd rather have them donate money than donate my own money, which I think is reasonable. Um, Obviously, that didn't go over well. But uh, yeah, basically, I've just been playing for July 1st. And then that ended. I was like, whoa, Saturday. And so I'm going to DMVR bar tonight. And I'm not really, I haven't figured anything out. I haven't even tried to figure anything out for tomorrow. I kind of just want to sit here. Like it's not like there's fireworks or anything anyway. Yeah, I saw that. I think like Jeffco filed an injunction against Bandemir. So there was only going to be like two in the metro area anyways. So now I don't think there's going to be any, which seems safer, I guess. I don't, I don't know. We don't really have to get into that. But how was, <laughs> how was the oddcast? You know, what was that experience like playing with Moe's and Vic Lombardi, a couple of pretty reputable guys in the market? You know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Because obviously, like those are guys who I've been following for forever. Because even before I came down here, like I followed Denver sports and was super into it and all that kind of stuff. But uh, then actually getting to like meet them and see, like, honestly, it was kind of just a relief to know that they actually are good guys. Because if they hadn't been, then I'd be like, Whoa, well, that just kind of like reshapes my whole idea of you. And I didn't want that to happen because I'd never met Mosier before. I uh, like Vic came to a couple of the bus press conferences and sat kind of close. And I, I might have like said hi to him at some point, but I don't think I did. Um, so this is like uh, kind of the first time getting to meet him. And you can just tell like they are they're really good at their jobs. Like you put a camera in front of them, it's like, boom, just on. And they were a lot of fun. Like they, they have their jokes. There's like the wooden snake that everybody's throwing around. I heard that I made Vic jump. I didn't make it back in time, but he was like playing with his wooden snake, like trying to get us. And he got me twice, but never saw it. Nobody saw it. So I probably shouldn't even claim that. But uh, yeah, I threw it like outside the cart and uh, heard I got reaction. That's what I'm taking away from the day, really. (laughs) That's good that they were cool. I'm definitely a big fan of both of their work. Um, I've been around Vic a little bit. I wouldn't like act like I know him or anything like that, but... uh, my my younger brother's football team when he was in like i think it was like the 5th grade beat Vic Lombardi's son's team for the Carnation Bowl which was like the Jeffco championship so Carnation Bowl sorry about it Vic you won you won this round but we we still got the Carnation Bowl over you it's it's 1-1 you guys got to take <laughs> home in the rematch uh the Carnation Bowl's a great name though i, I mean it sounds it, cool doesn't it I mean, it's definitely just like stolen from the Rose Bowl. Like they just changed the flower to something worse. But like, I feel you can't expect to have like the coolest of all the names when you're comparing like middle school football with the Rose Bowl, you know? But yeah, Carnation (laughs) Bowl. I think just having anything that's named at that age has to be pretty cool. We, I don't even think we kept a score until high school. No, 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 no. Seventh grade, we kept score. We kept score. Really? Man, like, Football was, I don't know, it was super competitive. I remember like pe- parents getting in fights and stuff over like kids in the third grade. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's good, but... Oh, yeah, that, we had plenty of that. It was intense. <laughs> Everybody was counting their own score. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I really want to coach a youth football team. The thing is, Eventually. like, 
Oh, I do. Oh, I want to do. do baseball more than football, but that's yeah. just because I'm like more qualified to coach oh, baseball yeah. than I could not. But I mean, youth football, you could do. Let's do a mm-hmm. flag football team. <laughs> the problem is uh, during football season, I'm very busy. Yeah, exactly. It would it would be really hard to make it work. <sighs> Maybe but in a weird year, though. Who knows? Now. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. We've, we got a, we've got a big podcast, though. We've got a ton to talk about, so I won't ramble too much. It is the 4th of July weekend, though, which means you guys are going to need some beer. The best way to do it, support Breckenridge Brewery, the official partner, the official beer of DNVR. I love the 15-can sampler because it's just the best bet for variety. Get a little bit of Hot Peak IPA, a little bit of Strawberry Sky, a little bit of Avalanche Ale. Maybe you mix them up in a giant cup and just drink it. Who knows? Go crazy. It's the 4th of July. Celebrate the Stars and Stripes, all that fun stuff. America, woo! Henry, <laughs> what are you going to be drinking this weekend? Um, I'm not really sure. I, I have to figure that out. Um, I'm running kind of low on beers. I'm gonna I, I, honestly, I'll probably grab that 15 can sampler. I'm trying. I'm trying to plan my day because I know, like at 10:30, there's an NWSL game I want to watch, and then again at eight, there's another. And so, really, I think I'm going to be drinking beer, watching those soccer games. You going to watch the hot dog eating competition? It's not really my thing. No, I don't. I don't need that. I don't. I just. I, it, you don't respect the great competitors that represent this fine country at Coney Island on America's birthday. It's not that I don't respect them. It's that I'm not sure if I respect them, and I'd rather just <laughs> not even have to make the decision and just pretend it doesn't even exist. I'm just the like I have my own thing going. Is awesome. That's all I'll say. It completely changed my perspective on. It. I've always enjoyed it. I mean, it's disgusting, obviously, but yeah. I don't know. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of just want to like wake up, watch some golf, watch that soccer game, keep the golf on, just kind of read all day, and then. Watch that NWSL game. I'm trying to think, like, what beer fits out? Like, the Strawberry Sky fits anywhere. I just, I just don't even know what a soccery beer is. I just don't know enough about soccer. I, I feel like you got to go just, like, classic, something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like maybe Avalanche is... Like, yeah, like Avalanche classic. Ale or maybe, like, I don't know, like IPA or something like that. Just something... Yeah. Something basic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if that's the answer, then... All three of the beers we've named are all in that 15-can sampler. Perfect. That's why you got to go with Breck. Grab that 15-can sampler. You can get it delivered straight to your door using Drizzly. You can also hit up our friends at Davidson's. They got a location in Centennial as well as Highlands Ranch. Mm -hmm. So many places. Finally, if you're not in the metro area, if you're like me, if you're up north, you're in Fort Collins, the Great White North you can. Is that what they call that? No, I don't know. I'm going to start the, calling it that. I am now, yeah. The Breck Beer Locator, which uh, takes all the inconvenience out of beer shopping. It'll tell you the closest liquor store near you with Breck Brews. I love it. I hate all the awkward small talk. This gets rid of all of that. Shout out to Breck. It might have been the longest ad read in the history of ad reads. Might be. But that's okay. We're trying to... It's all about, you know, go big or go home. It, it's the 4th of July weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that's very American of you, Justin. Um, let's jump into the news, I guess. The news. So, let's see. Um, just to fly through this, uh, we talked a little bit last week about Under Armour pulling UCLA's deal or trying to pull that deal. UCLA is going to fight that. No surprise. And also, uh, Under Armour is pulling their deal with Cal. And we talked a lot about UCLA's athletics department being a tough place. Cal's athletic department is in equally as bad of a place. If you guys are listening as Buff fans, you might remember during the coaching search that uh, resulted in the hiring of Carl Durrell, there was a lot of talk about Justin Wilcox, Cal's head coach. And the thought process was that athletics department is in such bad shape that he might just want to run to somewhere where he knows he's going to end up getting his money. And so that's, you'll remember that conversation so put the Under Armour news in context with that, and you'll see why things are looking pretty rough there, too. And another Pac-12 school, which isn't a great thing for the buffs. I mean, let's be honest. Under Armour, they way overspent trying to land some like premier, quote-unquote, premier programs. I don't think UCLA or Cal is really you know, moving the needle mm-hmm. 
at least in the mind. I mean, UCLA, they've had some moments, same with Cal, like they've been to bowl games and all that, but it's not like either of those programs are like when you think of the elites of the elite, the elites, the, the programs that are contending for playoffs on a year, year to year basis. I just don't think of those schools. And so I'm not shocked. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not surprised that UCLA is going to fight it. I'm sure Cal will as well, but I saw, you know, our boss Spano, he tweeted, you know, I'm not sure like why you would try and like stick to your guns, like during a pandemic under armor is obviously struggling. Just go get a different, go get an Adidas contract or a Nike deal or whatever. I just don't know what the market's like though. Because I mean, I mean, obviously when they were making these deals, uh, they had Adidas before they had Under Armour. What I think this was 2017 they made this deal. That sounds about right, yeah. And so that means, yeah, because it was 15 years and there's 12 years left. But the reason they took the deal, I'm assuming, is because it was their biggest offer. And so now they're going to get a smaller offer. Plus you factor in that without Under Armour, there's less competition. And so that's going to make it maybe even smaller. Who knows? And then you throw in that there's the coronavirus stuff happening and none of these companies are in good shape. And that's really going to reduce how much money you're going to make. But you know what? It does kind of remind me, when you were talking about that, it almost made me think like, if you think back to golf in like the mid 2000s, like 2005, it's like Tiger Woods was very obviously like just the best option. And if you were to bet on golf, you're like, just let's just take Tiger. But the Under Armour strategy was like, actually, instead of that, let's take Phil Mickelson and Justin Rose and just took like 10 of those guys. And they're like, oh yeah, well, like one of these guys will beat him. Like, what are the odds? It's actually Tiger of all these guys who win. And I feel like that's what they did. Like, instead of going after like, let's see if we can poach Bama. Let's see if we can get usc the the biggest brand or i mean they did I mean, get notre Oregon dame who's there's notre big. dame yeah that's yeah. a big one but but also it just feels like they're kind of just spreading their money out across all of these places and going with qual or quantity instead of quality what's funny is when it comes to under armor the the coolest under armor uniforms are all like the small schools it's like utah huh. and csu and a bunch of like navy has really sick under armor uniforms I just, I just can't get behind Under Armour. Like anything Under Armour does, I just look at it and I'm like, yeah, like the small letters and stuff. It just not, it, it just, they just don't do a good job. Like even Adidas, I think has surpassed them, especially, I mean, it's so easy to look. Oh, because dude, no, dude, Adidas uniforms suck. They're terrible. But, I mean, they're, I agree, but they're better than Under Armour. Like if you Under look Armour's at what- Under Armour's at least more unique. Like I don't, I definitely, Nike's oh. the best. Like Nike runs it when we're talking. Oh yeah. But- the thing about Adidas is all of their uniforms look like stock high school options, at least with like when you look at like what Under Armour did with Maryland and Utah and CSU, they're all like really specific. Utah has some really cool alternates that are like very regional based. CSU did the state pride, obviously, and the ag and all that. And at least it's just like it's unique. It's not like the same uniform that 45 high schools in California are rocking. Yeah, except like those UCLA uniforms that Adidas did, they were like, uh, there were some of them that had like the, the shiny glossy numbers. Like, you know, I guess the numbers are the big difference between what Adidas did with UCLA's uniforms and what Under Armour did. But I feel like Under Armour just took all of the personality out of those uniforms. And they I went know. more traditional I mean, for sure. But I didn't like, I didn't like the glossy look before it looked like, like some funky thing you would make on Madden or something, some weird print. I don't know. Fair. I'm I'm a basic like uniform kind of guy. Like if if we're going flashy versus like Alabama or Oklahoma, like I'm probably gonna go with OU and Bama. Yeah, it's just when that flashy stuff is well done. Like it can like, be. Like, take Oregon for example. Probably two thirds of their uniforms, I'm not a fan of. But they're all so crazy and like a third of them pan out and that third is like, okay, that's actually sick. Like like stuff like, remember when they made it look like they had duck feet with the orange socks and shoes? Yeah, that was a little too out there for me. See, that, that was one where it was just like, okay, this is kind of cool. It's a little bit too out there, but this one is pretty cool. And like a lot of their white stuff, obviously, because they do throw like the texture and like the numbers are cool and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, Nike is, in my mind, just far and away the best. And then I put Adidas ahead of Under Armour. And 
I guess that's really it. There isn't anybody else that's really competing, is there? Georgia Tech had Russell for a while. I don't know if mm. they still do. Yeah, I haven't seen Russell in forever. They kind of got out of the game, I think. They must have. I don't know. Well, at least we found something to fight about. If you guys have opinions, throw them in the comment section. <laughs> um, what else was in the news? Oh, Kansas uh, shut down its facilities. Was that today or was that yesterday? I think that was yesterday. That was Thursday. Okay. Yeah, and so they found, they, they obviously have been testing student-athletes when they come back with the, the facilities reopening, and they found that about 10% of them uh, had the coronavirus and said, okay, we're just calling it. Um, so there's an update there as well. What's interesting about that is 10% doesn't seem like that high to me, at least compared to what we've seen from some of these other schools. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there are other programs, Colorado State, for instance, came out and announced they have, they've tested 127 student athletes so far, and they've had zero positive tests. Wyoming as well, but they've tested 100 plus. So some good news on the local front, at least with CSU and Wyoming. Um, we do have some stuff to talk about, I guess, from a Boulder perspective. Yeah, it was a weird day yesterday. It was weird. Yeah, it's not it, not like super newsworthy. It's I feel kind of like radio hosty with this next one, but I think we aren't radio hosty as long as we don't just like flame people and we're actually just like reasonable and present the facts and maybe throw just a little bit of perspective at it. You know, like the, we'll it's, it's more about the approach because I feel like the information is good information, right? I, I would yeah. hope so. Yeah. So basically, here's what happened. So Drew Wilson, the Buffs strength and conditioning coach, tweeted yesterday, um, essentially, like, if you guys don't train, then you're not going to get playing time. Um, and I should actually pull up that real tweet. Or Justin, do you want to pull that up while I explain things? Just because, like, the wording kind of is important here. Um, and he got a very mixed reaction. There was one crowd of people that said, you're kind of threatening to pull playing time if players don't show up to the facilities and risk getting sick and that's tone deaf and that's kind of one side of the discussion the other side of the discussion is that it's football and football coaches when push comes to shove and it's game day they're going to put the 11 best players on the field and it doesn't really matter why you're one of the 11 best players it just matters whether you give the team the best chance to win or not and the players who train are going to be the players who likely give you the best shot of winning. Now, it's a lot easier to train if you go into the facilities. It's probably a lot tougher to be in perfect shape when you're doing all your workouts at home, even though you can get the workouts sent to you, and that's something that they've been doing. You, they allowed uh, strength coaches working with players away from the facilities over Zoom um, as part of like the coronavirus stuff. That was an NCAA rule change. And so there's there are ways to do it without going to the facilities. And he never said, oh, do you have it pulled up? Okay, you want to read that? Yeah, the tweet was, if you think training is optional, so is playing time with a couple of like emoji exclam exclamation points and then hashtag no participation trophies. Classic strength coach. <sighs> yep, exactly. They love those emojis. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of what's going on. Kanan Ray, who in the first depth chart the Buffs released about four weeks ago now uh he's listed as the starting right tackle and he said most of the guys that aren't coming to workouts are not at home quarantining some are out in places that have a higher risk of catching the virus than other than our controlled setting the others just being lazy in my opinion and that had the little hands up emoji saying like i don't know and uh that kind of made clear what the discussion was about that some players may not be doing what is best for their health and obviously like he said might just be kind of lazy yeah like we don't i mean we don't officially know you know what the tweet was in response to mm -hmm. and i wasn't surprised that people reacted the way they did just because with everything going on the, the optics of it don't look great necessarily especially if you don't really understand like how a football you know program functions but the reality is he didn't say anything that isn't said by coaches every single day of the year. Mm -hmm. And 
while while I do feel like players should have you know some some choice in this, and they you know they gotta take responsibility for their own health and make their own decisions. At the end of the day, if we are going to play college football, if there is going to be a season, we can't shame coaches for holding players accountable if those players are choosing to participate. So look, the reality, like you said it best, if you're not in shape, you're not going to play football at this level. It's more of a meritocracy than anything. Like the, the people that work and, and prove, they're the people that are going to get playing time. Like obviously the coaches have the final power and they can make those type of decisions. But like, if you're there grinding, it's not like they're not going to play you. Yep. And, and that's the, that's kind of the thing is that as is often the case in college sports, it comes back to this whole power dynamic and the fact that the players don't get paid and the fact that the players have no control. And if they want to make it to the NFL, then they need to play well in college and to play well in college, they need to be in the facilities right now. And the only incentive they have is that they have kind of that lottery ticket that if all things go well, they get to play football as a career. Plus they get an education out of it and they don't get paid to go in there and risk their health. They just kind of have to in exchange for that lottery ticket and education. And we don't need to spend too much on that. But again, you can trace every problem with college sports back to that same power dynamic, the lack of control the players have. And and I get that kind of happening sure. here. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, imply that, like, you know, that it should be a situation where they're like, you know, you have to be here or else. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we kind of got to monitor it and and the, the lack of, you know, financial compensation for the players and all that. It's always going to make the dynamic kind of weird. But, you know, the reality is, is a lot of these players do want to play. You know, we are hearing that from them. They're, you know, we mm-hmm. want to make this work. We want to do everything that we can to make this work. And, you know, I'm not an expert on this type of stuff, but I got to imagine of all the places that the players can be, especially, you know, if they're working out, hanging out, whatever at the facility, probably like one of the safest, most controlled, you know, settings that you can have. I don't know. I just like, if if we are going to do this, if the players are going to choose to participate and and we are going to play college football, there does have to be some sort of like check and balance with the coaches. Coaches have to be able to hold players accountable. Players have to hold other players accountable. And I just, I, I feel like the reaction was just a little bit overblown, I guess. Yeah. And, and for me, I mean, I definitely side on the honestly on coach Wilson's side, like it pretty, it is pretty clear. Like they are one side or the other. And you know, he said, if you think training is optional, so is playing time. If he had said, if you think coming into the facility is optional, so is playing time, then that would be totally different. But he didn't. And there are ways to train without going in. And I don't think that anybody who isn't training right now expects playing time unless they aren't really grasping the realities of college football. Which might be the case. Yeah. And then kind of going off what you said, you know, earlier about some, you know, basically a subtweet from a player. Mm -hmm. If, if it's, you know, somebody who expects playing time because of their status on the team and they're not doing the right things, you know, maybe this is just like a wake up call to somebody Mm -hmm. like that. You know, it's not, it's not always that deep. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's pretty, easy here well i I don't know because these are all from this point forward kind of just connecting dots but there's a reason that drew wilson thought that that needed to be tweeted and kanan ray the right tackle said what he said that he doesn't think that people who aren't going in are necessarily protecting themselves they might be doing it for some other reason the day before this happened uh katie nixon the receiver leader on the offense he said or, or he he put on his Instagram story that he was in a hotel on the 60th floor. It looked like Caesar's Palace behind him. Um, and what that means is that when he goes back to Colorado because of the rules that are based on crossing state lines at the University of Colorado, he's going to have to quarantine himself for 7 to 14 days. And again, this is connecting dots. It could be about that. 
we are also assuming that Katie knew that that was a rule that he wouldn't be able to go back or, you know, like he very well could think that he would have been just fine to go back. He could also be out there working with uh, other receivers with a specific coach. He could be me up with quarterbacks and getting in like work. Like you see NFL players like Drew Brees and Emmanuel Sanders were in Denver a couple of weeks ago, just working out. And that could be the same thing with Katie Nixon. So we don't really know, but it does seem like that's what it was about and not necessarily people who were staying home because they were scared of the coronavirus. Yeah, like I said, you know, we're not we're not reporting anything on this or anything like that. Just these this is what happened this week in the world of of college football locally. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh anything else you have to add to any of that? That's about it. We were all over the place yeah. there. We got to rein it in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were all over the place. Where do you want to go next? <laughs> oh, man. Let's talk about DraftKings, dude. Okay, let's do it. DraftKings is America's top-rated sportsbook app. They've got all kinds of fun action going on this weekend. What have you been betting on lately, dude? NWSL. Only thing I can win at? Um, UFC. I just I, I don't know if I have just been really unlucky since I started or if... Uh, I I'm bad because the thing is like, I feel like I'm studying up, you know, I'm not coming in with any preconceived notions. I've never followed UFC in my life. Um, which I guess would make it make more sense that I would just be bad at that. Um, KBO golf is just impossible to bet on. I finally found something that works. NWSL is challenge cup. It's like a 22 game tournament. Um, what they're probably like six or eight games in it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And they're all like, I mean, there's basically like three players from the women's world cup team from last year, the U S team on each team. And so you have like some sort of knowledge of what's going on and I've been making some cash. That's the best way to do it, man. And these days the sports landscape is constantly evolving. This week is no different. Luckily for all of us, sports fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app has us covered. For a limited time, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. You heard me right, $1,000. This week, we're full of action from golf to European soccer to the NWSL, all kinds of dope stuff. That's not all. Head to the app now and check out the special odds and promotions that will be available throughout the week to help you make it rain. They're always offering all kinds of odds boosts, promotions. It's it's really cool. It's kind of a problem because it's enticing me to bet on things that I know absolutely nothing about. But it's also making, you know, the time pass a little bit better during this quarantine. My favorite part about DraftKings, it's safe and easy to deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want. It's not some sketchy, you know, offshore site. It's based right here in the U.S. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Just use that code DNVR. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Great work. That's a, that's, that one always tests your breath control. <laughs> I guess it does. It does, doesn't it? Like I always feel so accomplished when I get all the way through that. And like, if you get it real clean, you get it like super fast and you just like fly through it. There is like a really good feeling. Like oh, I totally feel like, like I'm like Eminem or something. <laughs> it's the only time I ever feel like that. Like that's not a thought I ever get to have. And I've honestly never really had until we got to start talking about DraftKings. So thank you, DraftKings. I don't know, man. You're from Montana. I'd say like more like a cattle auctioneer would be a little <laughs> yeah. bit more accurate. I, that that actually makes a lot more sense. And he's like, uh, we got 15, uh, can I hear 20, 20, 25, can I get her 30, 35, uh, let me hear 40. Yeah. Yep. I don't even, how much, is, is that how much a cattle co- a cow costs? Well, I imagine it would be like thousands. I think cows are expensive. If you had It shows guess. how much we know about ranching. Yeah. If you had to guess, like, how much does it cost? Like, if, if you were just to call up, like, whoever the biggest cow dealer is, and it's like, like hey, I just, I just wanna want to buy one whole cow. Just, like, a pretty average cow. Like, an alive cow or just the meat? Alive. The an alive cow. I'm going to say I can buy a cow for, like, $4,000. Okay. If any of you are ranchers, please tell us if Justin was close. 
Um, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say less than that. I'll let you set the over under. I'll hey pick Siri, a how much can I buy a cow for? Thought I said towel. That didn't work out at all. Oh, what was the answer? How much is a towel? Oh, Here's a question. Okay, I uh, I buy my towels from King Supers, and they're only about three dollars, and they seem like good towels. Do you know how much better like a towel is if you bit got like I don't even know who sells like like is Bed Bath and Beyond like top of the line towels? Like are they, they like all the fancy like soft ones? Yeah. Huh. So I, I don't know. I don't know much about this either. I'm actually it's, it's funny that you bring this up because I'm in the process of moving and I'm trying to like I've had like a lot of the stuff that I've had since I was like, you know, a freshman or sophomore in college. So like like, you know, probably time that I get some new like new sheets and comforter and like a new dresser and stuff like that. It turns out all that stuff is crazy expensive. Yeah. No, it's been a process. Like what? I moved here uh like 13 months ago in May and I just like during this quarantine feel like I finally got my entire home set up. Like I have a TV, a desk, I have a bed frame, I have good sheets, I have like actual furniture, like these cube things. I don't know what they are. Like I have all sorts of things and it's just like, oh, I don't have to worry about furniture. Like there's no like next furniture purchase on my mind where it's like, okay, keep saving up and then we'll buy a dresser or whatever. It, it, it does take a while to get everything together. Right now, I just have like a hodgepodge of things that either I had from like growing up or bought at like a thrift store or was gifted like nothing matches it's just a i have a lot of clothes too that's part of the problem i need to yeah i gotta be willing to let some things go i'm really terrible about holding it like if it fits i'm not getting rid of it yep exactly exactly um couldn't think of anything clever let's talk about some football uh some more news that we didn't touch on in the first segment so learfield img um, a company that owns the radio rights, the broadcast rights, um, sometimes some sponsorship rights, the ability to sell ads inside the stadium, to sell ads during broadcast, all of that kind of stuff. Um, they have said that they aren't going to give guaranteed money to the schools that they work with. And the schools are pretty upset. And the reason is obviously that they're having financial problems. Uh, at one point, they wanted to push back their payments by 60 days. Now they're saying, like, instead of saying, we'll buy uh, uh, your, your radio uh, ads, your TV ads, your coaches show ads, um, your ads in the stadium, and we'll just buy it all for $10 million and sell those ourselves. Now they're saying, we will still sell those for you, but we'll just split the profit. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on. But the reason this is such a big deal is that 54 of the 65 Power 5 schools use Learfield IMG. There are plenty of group of five schools. I know that University of Montana is a Learfield IMG school. CSU is a Learfield school. Oh, is it? So so see, this really is everywhere. And this could be a hit to the budget. You know, um, before we start just talking about this, one more number to remember so they're saying that for a, a power five school and you know and to the top end power five schools they're paying about 10 to 15 million dollars a year while group of five schools are more in the one million dollar a year range um so th those are big portions of budgets that are now uncertain oh it's a big deal I and mean, i think like one of the quotes in that article was like you know this is the angriest we've ever you know seen ad's over something so like look like ad's are panicking as is with so much uncertainty when it comes to the budget when it comes to you know ticket sales what they're going to be able to make from ad revenue tv sponsorship all of this stuff i mean so much of college athletics is just in flux right now and now when you throw in a wrench like this with something that you know is in their minds was already set in place. You know, this was one of the things like, well, at least we don't have to worry about that. Now you got to worry about this too. Yeah. And that's, what's so weird about this is that it really is one more source of revenue that is no longer certain. You know, we've seen like, obviously it starts with what's going to happen with ticket sales. They aren't going to be able to sell 
tickets to as many games. They've already had the losses from the NCAA tournament, from the conference basketball tournaments. Now going the season, are they going to lose money because they can't bring fans to stadiums? And in the beginning, it kind of felt like, okay, well, that's how they're going to lose money. They're going to be fine outside of that. That source of income could get pretty beat up. And then you start to see Under Armour pull out of apparel deals. And so UCLA, Cal, in very bad places because of that. Other schools probably thinking we could be next because that's the way this stuff typically works. It just keeps building and building and going through all of college football until that's just where everybody's at. And now there's another source of revenue that everybody thought was safe in the same way they thought, well, Under Armour isn't going to pull their money from the school. We have a contract, a contract that Cal didn't actually sign, which is a whole nother issue that's going to make that even more complicated, but they went with it for three years. But uh, back to the point, you know, this source of revenue, it's like, yeah, they sell all of our sponsorships. We made a deal that we just get this much money and they do the rest. And now that's up in the air. Like it is a really scary time for these athletics departments. Yeah. They don't want to have to scramble to figure out that lost revenue. Like, you know, it sounds like Learfield is still willing to, to sell that ad space for them. If the schools, you know, are willing to agree to the compromise that they're proposing. But, you know, if they don't, then the schools, you know, you got to figure all that out. Mm -hmm. You got to figure out what you're going to do from a radio side. You know, if Learfield is, you know, the, the hosting station or whatever it's, I know they have contracts with like other stations is how mm -hmm. that technically works, but it'll just be another complicated process. I don't, it just, it just feels like nothing can go smoothly this year. Like we, it's like we figure out one thing and then you throw another problem at it. You get the fire out a little bit and then the wind kicks up and all of a sudden those ambers start to flare up again. It's just, come yeah. on. Yeah. And again, this is just one that's so frustrating. Like you said, like athletic directors, one of the athletic directors, it might've been like TCUs. I can't remember if it's TCUs or if it yeah, was one he was of the willing to compromise. Uh, yeah, but, but he was willing to make the deal. At the same time, he's like, everybody's mad and we can't give up too much. Like we, we still need to be making money. We can't afford to go under just because they can't fulfill what they need to do. And it's that sort of mess that, everybody has kind of gotten themselves into it. Part of the reason it says in the story that everybody's so upset is that these were two separate companies only a few years ago, Learfield and IMG, and then they merged and there was like this whole monopoly thing. Is this allowed? Is, is this company too big? Is it all of that kind of stuff? And a lot of athletic directors actually testified on behalf of the merger saying, no, we trust them. These are like, we can make this happen. And now this is coming back and burning them. And that just makes them even more mad. And there's also the fact that they were probably paying too much for these deals in the first place. Well, exactly. And like it's, it's kind of an indictment of the whole system. Just like mm -hmm. when you invest millions and millions and millions of dollars into amateur sports, there's going to be some hiccups along the way. And it's not a situation like, you know, the NFL where, you know, the NFL at any point, not like they would want to do it, but they could eat a bunch of money and be fine. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're going to make it up. They're too big to fail. Yep. It's not the same. It's not the same situation with college sports. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's just crazy to think that, that now pretty much every 54 of 65 power five schools are in this boat trying to figure out where that money is going to come. And I bet and you it's at least half of the G5. I mean, they, at least yeah. like the, the substantial G5 programs, the ones that matter. I'm pretty sure like, if not the entire Mountain West, like 11 of 12, I'm not sure what Hawaii's deal is, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a, this is a, this is a big deal. It's, it's not really something that's like that sexy. I don't think a lot of college football fans are necessarily going to like, lose sleep over this but in the in the world of college football and college athletics as a whole pretty big deal yeah yeah and it's just it's just crazy especially because like it even says you know they gave these schools big contracts knowing that they were big contracts and thinking they're going to make their money on the back end of the deal like it's going to be late when it all comes through and then they're going to start running this big profit and now this is happening it's a mess. Um, I mean, in their defense, it's it's not like anybody 
was forecasting for COVID-19 when, you know, these deals happened four or five years ago, however long it was. Very true. Very true. And this was like one of the few things that could cause this terrible problem. Um, In more bad news, uh, the Pac-12 commissioner, Larry Scott, uh, said that the, well, the headline in the Sports Illustrated story is prospect of college football happening and then his quote, more perilous than in recent weeks. Justin, is there a word that you would like less in that sentence than perilous? Because that just sounds awful. That's about as depressing of a word as like if you were going specifically to like, what tone do I want to set here with this statement? Perilous was, hopefully he didn't realize how like, gloomy it sounded but if that was intentional it did the job because i read that and i was just like ah sweet great another thing to be depressed about yep uh i can't wait till this podcast isn't depressing isn't that gonna be so much fun we can Um, talk about like the exciting games and the sports that we love and ah yes not uh is every school gonna go bankrupt you know is everybody gonna ruin every contract is this even possible Um, okay. Well, the full quote, um, and this was when he was talking with uh, Andy Katz of NCAA.com. Larry Scott said, unless we see a change in the trajectory of the spread of the virus and its impact pretty quickly, I think the situation's a lot more perilous than it was a few weeks ago. Now, this is something that we said last week on the podcast, that it was pretty obvious that things had begun trending in the, the wrong direction. Um, and now this has kind of been confirmed by the Pac-12. Um, That's the and, thing and, that just makes it disappointing is like all the signs were there. This isn't shocking, but it's just that confirmation, you know, when you actually put it out there in the world, then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. man. And and since the last time we recorded one of these podcasts, um, just in the Pac-12, you know, Arizona has closed its facilities because of the outbreak there. Uh, USC just announced Wednesday that it will be uh, or it won't be opening its campus and it will be primarily online classes at USC, which means how like you're still going to bring the student athletes in and play the sports. That's what it seems like. But again, that's getting real close to the edge. They can't take much or honestly they're like one or two bad breaks away from losing even the sports there do you have anything to brighten the mood or anything i just this is kind of sad so the with this conversation it's always kind of been like if the students aren't on campus how do you make this work and i get that but also if you are playing sports wouldn't it be safer for the athletes if none of the other students were on campus? Like there's obviously a debate about whether you should do this in a pandemic, whether, you know, we can go back to everything that we always talk about student athletes being paid. I think people get the picture by now. We, we think student athletes should be paid. Like, we'll just Mm -hmm. say that. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, if they want to play, if they're choosing to participate, I, I don't, I would feel safer as a USC student athlete, assuming that I'm still allowed to like go into the facilities and stuff. It's like a weird reality. We've never had a situation that was quite like this. Yeah. That's, uh, it's, it's weird. It really is weird. And, but it's not surprising coming from the Pac 12 because obviously you're going to have a much different response just given what it's like culturally on the West coast versus like, you know, the sec we've seen, you know, equally as intense outbreaks and at schools and the ACC sec in those States as well. We haven't heard a statement anywhere near as intense from, you know, any of their leadership as what was put out by the PAC 12. And that's where it's going to get really, really weird. Is like, is there going to be a situation where we have like, an entire conference, let's say like the Pac-12 just chooses not to play, but you know, the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, whatever, do they still play? Like, is would is there a possibility where that happens or is it an all or nothing type scenario? Yeah, I just, 
it's just such a crazy circumstance and everything is changing. And that's why it's so tough to project. Because again, I didn't think that this would be the conversation we were having right now, three weeks ago. I would have thought that things would just continue to be trending in the right direction and we would be all good to go. And now it's like, I don't know. Conference only schedule seems very much on the table. Uh, moving that could this, definitely happen. Moving the season to the spring seems, I mean, Larry Scott said, on the table. It's something that will be discussed if, if things don't go well. I don't There's, hate that. What are your thoughts on moving it to the spring? I, I mean, it's just the way that the the different dates work out together. You know, so so like, when do you start? Do you, you need to have your month of camp probably. And let's say you'd start that when the semester starts in January. And so January becomes essentially your new August. February, September, uh, March is... October, November is April. April. And so you're at the end of April is when you're finishing your season. Well, the end of April is when the NFL draft is. And before that, they have the senior bowl. They have the, the combine. They have all sorts of different things that are supposed to fit in there, you know, and that's before you even factor in the national championship. Um, the, the whole bowl season, which likely have to be condensed, I'd assume. I, I would assume the season probably has to be cut short in, in that scenario too, just because otherwise you're playing into the summer. Um, and, you know, o- only a few players on each team generally are going to be going through that pre-draft process with the combine and all that stuff. But if you know that the draft is a month away, aren't you going to be pretty tempted to pull out of games in the way that we see players not playing bowl games because you can't risk getting hurt right before the NFL draft. And I can't remember who tweeted. I think Marvin Schefter who said he would assume that, or or that, I don't know. I'll, I'll go back and find the tweet, but I'm pretty sure it said that if there is a spring schedule, some of the executives have already like reached out to the NFL, see if they'd be willing to move the draft. And they were like, no, we're not going to move the draft. Like we are well, just that's not stupid going to on that. the NFL's part then. You think but, so? Yeah. Because the season is a more accurate representation of that talent. You learn more about those players in a 12 game season than you learn from them, from them running in their underwear in Indianapolis. I don't, I just, I get so frustrated when people like bring up, well, what about the combine? I don't give a damn about the combine. Who cares? I don't care about any of that crap. I want a college football season. Yeah, it would suck to be, to move it to the spring. But if the alternative is we play in the spring or we don't play at all, then not give me spring ball all day. But you know who cares about the combine? The players. They know they have to run fast. They know that they have to do all that stuff. Like, if the schedule is like that, they're going to be... I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I'm just saying that it, it doesn't matter more. Like, if you're a fringe... If you're... I mean, obviously, if, if you're a... If you're, like, a fringe guy or, like, somebody like Warren Jackson, who's produced, he has the size, he's going to get drafted. But right now, for Warren, it's a matter of, well, how high am I going to get drafted? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it comes to injury consideration, all of that thing, risk-reward he's a guy who's going to have to consider all of that. You know, if they move yep. the season to the spring, I know I've probably put enough on film to get drafted at this point. Is it worth risking it to go in the second round versus the fourth round? We'll see. I'd... And, and after Trevor Lawrence's freshman year, people were saying, huh, should he just sit out a couple of years? Not play. Yeah. And because he knows he'll be the number one overall draft pick. Well, now he's put another year on tape. And if there happens to be a spring schedule, what if he decides to sit out? What if Justin Fields does too? Because if those two sit out, they're still going to be the number one and number two overall picks. Penny Sewell, he could sit out and he would still be the number three pick. If they play, honestly, even even if it isn't a spring season, I guess you could make the argument that they still shouldn't play. But I just think that you get into some very dangerous territory and then you factor in like, then there's no spring ball. And that's not like a huge loss necessarily. Like it's good to get guys on campus. You know, the buffs obviously are a great example of a team that would love to have been able to have spring practices, bringing a new quarterback, bringing in a new coaching staff, you know, 
that's the other thing. Coaches are getting fired in May and June and then starting a season with camp in August. And it's not that any of these things would be a deal breaker. There are just so many hurdles that you would go through to have a spring season that if, uh, if you can avoid it, then you got to do what you can to avoid it. If you can't avoid it, then football is better than no football. And if some players don't play, then I think you just say, okay, well, we'll go with what we have. I mean, it would be a dis- it'd be a bummer if like all of the best players in the country all decided not to play all the players that were, you know, at like first round draft grades, stuff like that. It would definitely be a bummer, but I also don't think it would be like the death of college football or like college football would be unwatchable in that situation. Like there's just, there's so many teams. I think that's what makes college football fun. I know there are people that strictly, you know, they only watch it to see the guys that are going to get drafted or they only watch, you know, the top 25 teams, the contending teams. But, you know, for someone like me that is willing to watch an FCS game, I'll watch, you know, the RMAC, I'll watch D2 games. I don't care. I'll watch any form of college football. So like, even if the, even if the best of the best don't play, it won't be as good, but I'm so desperate for sports at this point. Like I'll just take anything that I can get. Yeah. Yeah. How Uh, sad is it that that's where we're at where it's like, uh, I I would love to have a full meal, but if you have some pop cart, pop tart crumbs, you know, I'll eat that too. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Like I got my Athlon sports preview, uh, like guide today. And the, the first paragraph on the buffs is just the most incredible thing I've ever read. Like starting with Mel Tucker's sudden and shocking departure to Michigan state in February, put the Buffaloes in a bind. And then ending with see you went into the summer without the staff having ever spent time on the field with the players, like talking about the coronavirus, talking about how Mel Tucker left two months after everything else happened. And it's like, if you had told buffs fans that, last August that this would be the first paragraph of their preview page on here, they would not believe it. Or they'd think that there was an apocalypse or something like that. I'm playing a really small violin right now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I hadn't said anything controversial at this point, but yeah, had to get one in there. Oh, why not? We got to keep it spicy. Um, before we move along, let's just talk real quick about this Big 12 thing. Uh, Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports, um, he talked to a bunch of Big 12 athletic directors who have been talking through what it looks or what college football could look like if things are changed. So stuff like, what are the thresholds for not letting teams play? You know, with the questions being, if if you have the, the three quarterbacks sick, the next quarterback up is a true freshman who is not ready to see the field is there a moral responsibility to not let him play? And so they've been going through and trying to set benchmarks, stuff like if 25% of a team's players are sick, do you just have them not play that game? Is, is that where that line is? And then other stuff where they're talking about, could you have players play on both sides of the ball? Receivers playing cornerback, fullbacks playing linebacker. Like if, if it came to that, is that possible? Um, they're talking about, the testing and if there will be a mandated NCAA Tuesday's testing day. And so on every Tuesday, every team takes all their tests. And if they have whatever number, they're good to go. Um, Or is it up to the schools to test or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, There are so many things, you know, scheduling, can they schedule games um, against other teams if they uh, schedule teams against other teams who aren't on their schedule, if the teams on their schedule can't play. And they're also talking about pushing the championship game back so that they could have two weeks to make up games in case some are missed. I'm um, just kind of running through that stuff since we don't have time to dig into all of it. Is there anything in there that really stuck out to you? I think the biggest thing is just going to be the consensus on testing and how they ultimately choose to do that because... I think for the success of college football as a whole, if we really want this to work, there does need to be some form of uniform testing just because I think if it's all individual responsibility, there's going to be budgetary problems where you're going to have schools that are going to try and like skirt the line a little bit just to save a couple of bucks. You might have schools that are, you know, maybe not as forthcoming. I, I would hope not, but 
that maybe not. That'd probably be like too big of a scandal, huh? If you if you had players test positive and lied about it. I'm I will put nothing past college football coaches. That's I'm I mean, just gonna say it, that it wouldn't shock me by any means, but I just like <laughs> with how fast information spreads, like talk about a total Twitter crap storm. It'd get ugly for lack of a better word. It get really ugly, you know, and they also bring up like the gamesmanship. If your quarterback gets hurt, say Trevor Lawrence gets hurt. If the rule is if you have too many sick players, you just cancel the game instead of forfeit the game. Could that be in their benefit to just say, oh, actually, everybody's sick. We're not going to play this week. Or you know what? We're playing Bama this week. Oh, no. Everybody got sick. Those are the types of questions that these guys are sitting in rooms. Well, not sitting in rooms, sitting in their own rooms and zooming each other talking (laughs) about right now. And they really are tough discussions to have because it just feels like when you're, it's like how in the NFL, like you make one rule change and then you're like, oh no, pass interference. We do not want to be reviewing pass interference. That does not work at all. These guys are building like an entire rule book and trying to work out all of the loopholes, all of the potential problems that could come up. Uh, I'm just like glad it's I almost like job. they're trying to figure it all out so that they can figure out like which rules they can skirt themselves. It's almost like you gotta, yeah. you gotta know it so that you can cheat. You know what I mean? Like the best exactly. criminals are really smart ones. Exactly. Like everybody in that room, everybody in the zoom call is withholding something that they're going to exploit. Exactly. Which That's just, just makes it and, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't make me feel great about college athletics, but <laughs> but what does? <laughs> How much fun they are to watch. The marching bands. I do like the marching bands. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Those are a good thing. I miss I miss hearing marching bands. That's been a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just really glad that I don't have to be making those decisions. So much better to just be on this side of things and explain why the decisions they make are wrong. And poke holes in them instead of trying to fix everything. I don't have to give solutions. I just have to say why yours are wrong. Exactly. That's our job. Oh, uh, Manscaped is incredible. You know, I said this on the Buffs podcast already, but on match day against Vic and Moj, I knew that I was going to be out in the sun. It was in the 90 degrees, super sunny, um, beautiful course, by the way, Fossil Trace, uh, got a sunburn. But, uh, I knew that because of all of that, I was going to be sweating because that's just what happens. And I was wearing my black DNVR shirt. And so that just made it even more likely. So before I left, I grabbed my deodorant as one does and just slathered it on just so much deodorant, like maybe half a stick. And then still, before I even got out there, I was just sweating through my shirt. Meanwhile, I had also put on the crop preserver, Manscaped's ball deodorant. I had no issues with my balls all day. They were, they were just perfect, pristine condition from the time I left this house until the time I came back. And then even past that too, nothing happened when I got back. I just want to clarify. I think uh, nothing warms the heart of our audience quite like hearing the temperature of your crotch, but it's yes. true. The crop preserver <laughs> is phenomenal. It's a game changer. Look, I don't have air conditioning. So it can be rough in my apartment at times. You throw on the crop preserver, you're chilling. Just makes everything a little bit more comfortable. We don't got to get into gnarly details, but we all know how that works when it gets hot, gets gross. We just want to avoid it altogether. We do. We do. And you can do that too if you go to manscaped.com and use the code DNVR20 and pick something up for yourself. That'll get you 20% off your order. It'll get you free shipping. And you can get like, even more savings if you order the Perfect Package 3.0 because that'll get you a whole bunch of different products, including the Crop Preserver, including the Lawnmower 3.0, including the Crop Reviver and the Body Wash and all sorts of different stuff. And because you're buying as a package, it's discount. The t-shirt is incredible. Um, So that will get you your savings because, you know, it's all bundled the way bundles work. And then you save 20% with the code DMVR20 and you are getting the steal of the century. We're only halfway through summer. Uh, Make sure that you are treating your balls the way they deserve to be treated. 